ASEAN Speaks by Maybank, a podcast for investors who are looking at opportunities in ASEAN. I'm Esther Poir, your host. We're now entering first quarter of 2024, and the world continues to be very concerned about China's economy. Today, we're very excited to have Erica Tay, economist at Maybank Securities, to walk us through the economic scene over in China. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the show. So China's economic data was out yesterday and it was not well received by the markets. In fact, China-related stocks fell nearly 4%. What has spooked the investors? Hi, Esther. So you're right. Um, China's uh, economic data yesterday was not well received by the markets. Um, even though the GDP grew by 5.2% in the fourth quarter, um, which looks quite robust uh, at face value, um, but uh, we have to know that this was flattered by an unusually low base a year ago um, when the nation was under lockdown. Um, at the same time, if we compare uh, GDP to the previous quarter, growth actually slowed somewhat uh, from 1.5% to uh, 1% in the fourth quarter. So um, what we're seeing is uh, actually a classic reopening year in China last year, um, which saw a burst of GDP growth uh, to 5.2 from quite a weak year uh, before that at 3%. Uh, and the engine that powered uh, China's GDP uh, last year was uh, primarily revenge consumption. Um, and we know that this will not continue to grow as strongly in 2024. Uh, so by the fourth quarter of 2023, uh, consumption was still responsible for 80% of China's growth, whereas um, investment uh, as well as net exports uh, were quite weak. So um, there is concern in the markets about uh, what engines of growth are going to continue to power China's economy uh, in 2024 uh, if revenge consumption fades. Um, so also, at the same time, um, even though real GDP growth was 5.2%, nominal GDP growth was actually only 3.7% in the fourth quarter. So this is the second consecutive quarter of nominal growth below 4%. Uh, so what actually happened was that negative inflation has boosted real GDP growth, but what uh, matters for company profits um, and, and taxes is actually nominal metrics. Oh, thank you for that. So consumption drove 80% of China's GDP growth last year. What's your take on consumer spending this year? So um, household spending rose 9% in 2023, and it followed the classic post-lockdown pattern, which we observed uh, in countries around the world, uh, of a consumption being driven by services. So people went out and spent big on dining, um, on domestic travel uh, due to pent-up demand. Uh, and also, uh, consumers last year um, spent uh, uh, on medical services um, by, by huge uh, amounts. So uh, 
uh, expenditure on medical uh, services actually rose by 16%. So these one-off factors uh, will not continue in 2024. Uh, and uh, we observe that uh, Chinese consumption will shift uh, from services towards spending on goods. So that's one shift. But what really determines uh, the strength of consumption uh, this year will be income growth, uh, which was quite modest um, at 5.1% for urban dwellers in 2023. Uh, so we do not know whether um, income growth will still continue to drive um, consumer confidence. And then also, um, consumers' willingness to spend rather than save will be determined by um, their outlook on asset wealth. Um, so the paper value of their uh, house, housing investments as well as their stock investments will play a key role in um, this uh, consumer recovery. Right. So other than consumer spending, let's take a look at the job market. How's it doing in China, the job market? I noticed that the youth unemployment rate is published again after a pause, and it's no longer a scary 21%. That's right. Um, so uh, overall, uh, the job market appears to have softened towards the end of last year. The jobless rate uh, actually ticked up to 5.1% from 5.0%. Um, so it's a small uptick. Uh, however, we actually expected it to fall smoothly uh, from 5.6% uh, earlier this year to go below 5%. So that was unexpected. As for youth unemployment, uh, the government stopped publishing the series in the middle of last year because it felt that the number does not accurately reflect um, the jobless situation. Uh, so when it stopped uh, in the middle uh, of 2023, um, the last reading was high at 21.3%. Um, and uh, yesterday, the government uh, published a, a new uh, definition for youth unemployment, which excludes uh, enrolled students. Uh, so this number uh, for the 16 to 24 age group came in at 14.9%. So even though it's much lower than 21%, um, it still means that one out of seven people in the 16 to 24 age group that are out of school um, are jobless. So um, in addition, um, this 14.9% uh, uh, number actually masks underemployment um, because uh, to be considered employed um, under the definition, um, uh, youths only need to have worked one hour per week uh, in the week that uh, they were surveyed. Uh, so there might be some uh, young people out there uh, doing casual uh, work or gig work that are not captured in unemployment stats. So investment is still slowing down in China, especially in the private sector. Is there light at the end of the tunnel? So investment growth uh, actually came in uh, at quite a fragile 3%. Um, and we also noticed that um, private sector investment uh, actually continued to contract um, throughout the year um, and that the headline number was actually propped up uh, by state-owned enterprise investment. So going forward, 
Um, we think that um, what has to happen for uh, investment to uh, stage a recovery is actually for uh, capacity utilization to increase. So uh, we saw that uh, last year, uh, because inventories were elevated, uh, a quarter of uh, industrial capacity was actually idle. So um, at the end of uh, December, capacity utilization had gradually recovered uh, to be on par with the end of 2022. So now it stands at about 76%. Um, as factories start to uh, be more um, active again, we think that that will propel um, additional plant expansion going forward. So what do you think uh, policymakers would do in the coming year? Anything on the wish list? Um, so we think that um, in some respects, uh, policymakers should do more. Um, and in other respects, uh, they should actually do less. Right. So what do I mean? I think the government uh, should do more to help uh, private businesses uh, get back on their feet, uh, especially uh, after quite a weak reopening year. And uh, we expect also to see uh, more policy support to boost employment, uh, to prevent uh, hysteresis from setting in among the jobless uh, numbers. And at the same time, we think that monetary policy uh, may be less effective. Um, so cutting rates uh, might not work uh, in an environment where demand for uh, long-term loans uh, still remains quite weak. Um, at the same time, we think that fiscal policy uh, has to step up. So uh, fiscal spending by the central government uh, should be intensified in the coming year um, because uh, that will be more targeted and more efficient uh, than monetary easing. And finally, uh, we think uh, in terms of doing less, um, the government can um, show more restraint in terms of introducing uh, regulatory surprises. Um, so I think if uh, the policy um, environment can become more transparent and predictable, then um, business confidence will surely rebound. Thank you, Erica. Thanks for coming on to ASEAN Speaks. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to ASEAN Speaks by Maybank. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to like, share and follow our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.